morning. Welcome to the Barn Center Morning Services. I am Jesse Lee Peterson, Exploring Your Faith Hour. You can get involved by calling the number on the screen there or emailing us. Thank you so much for being with us. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Hi, y'all. Good. I, um, I what? Oh, do you have any questions? Anybody have any questions? Oh, good. Yes, I like it when you come with questions or testimonies and not just come just to take away. Life is about giving and taking. Yes, ma'am. I was just wondering, uh, you know, times has changed, and I was like in a donut shop this morning, and a guy, a young black guy came in um, just rapping, cursing. He might have been homeless, but um, he was doing that for like 10 minutes in the shop, and like, Nobody, none of us said anything. We were hoping if we didn't ignore him, he'd go away. Right. But I was wondering, should somebody have said something or made him leave? Or, I mean, I, I think if you said something, you probably might get violent or something. Or he wouldn't stop. I don't think he would have stopped. The owner should have said something. The owner. The manager or the owner. There were the, three um, ladies behind the counter. I don't know if they were yeah. the there. The person that owned the establishment should have said something and not left it up to the customers to say something. Because sometimes it's when people on drugs and stuff like that, you don't know where they're coming from. You can put your life at risk unnecessarily. And so next time I would, I would leave, but I would tell the manager, if they don't clean up their act, you're not coming back anymore. <clears throat> because they should be prepared to deal with that kind of stuff. I wouldn't let anyone come in here just doing that, you know. And, and wait for some of you guys to say something about it. That's the responsibility of the owner. There was this one little boy in there. He looked like he was about six. And his father just clutched his shoulder. like just Yeah. Closer, yeah, yeah, the owners need to, to say something. Yeah. People cowards nowadays because they're afraid, especially if it's a black person, they're afraid of being sued or being called racist so they don't deal with it. But I would make sure I approach the manager and make sure he says something. Or she. Yeah. Because it is out of control. Yes, sir. I was, uh, think, wondering this morning, um, you know, uh, uh, Satan issued a, a challenge to God um, uh, regarding Job. He said, he said that, uh, you know, you're only, you're, he's protected because he has everything. And if I take away all those things, that he will curse your name. Um, my question to you is, uh, obviously, this was not God's test, and we, I think, went over that in one of your uh, Sunday services. Uh, but it was an issue uh, by a Satan to God, and God allowed it to happen. Does uh, the things in your life, similar to Job, happen because not necessarily God is causing them to happen for your growth, but the evil force may put you in a situation that is very tempting for you, um, because he, 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 the evil force wants you to fall. He wants you to take you away from God, and God allows that to happen. Um, for, is that sometimes does he allow it to happen for, for your growth, or, or, or why does he allow certain things to happen? I don't know if I'm making myself 100% clear. but Yeah, yeah. The one thing I appreciate about Job, he not only believed in God, he knew God. You know, he knew him. And that's the point. That's what we we need to get to, to a point where we know God, right? And so when that those things start happening, it did not shake his faith, because he knew that God was allowing that to happen. He didn't know why it was happening, but he knew it was God allowing it to happen. And so he just stayed faithful and endured and went through and never doubted that. Um, um, that God has something to do with it by allowing it to happen. And that's the kind of faith that we should develop when we are going through something. We should know that the only reason this is happening because God is allowing it to happen because he's trying to get our attention. Sometimes pain and suffering will cause us to cry out to him when we're going through rough times. Now, unless you're just the kind of person that has rebelled against God, then you're just bringing this stuff upon you. You know, you have a relationship with evil, and you're just bringing it upon yourself. Evil is doing it to you because that's who you serve. But most of the time in our life, those who are seeking him, it's because God is allowing it to happen. 
you're trying to wake you up. <laughs> and some people, when they're going through things, they don't realize it. And so they're screaming and, and angry through the whole ordeal, and they don't really change because they have not gone through it with grace. But yeah, he does allow it to happen because he loves you. He doesn't want you to fall completely off the cliff. It's like a father warning you that, look, if you don't cut this out, you're going to destroy yourself. And if you don't listen to your father, eventually you end up destroying yourself. So he does allow it to happen. Nothing happens to us that he doesn't want to happen. Isn't that something? Just knowing that alone is is mind-blowing for me, that everything that's happening in my life God is allowing it to happen because it doesn't have to happen if he doesn't want it to. Whatever doors are open for me, he causes those things to happen. That's the interesting thing about, to me, that's so fascinating, is that certain things he doesn't allow to happen, and certain things he does allow to right. happen. Right. That's, a, that's the interesting thing, is that people come into your lives who are not necessarily good for you, but he allows them to come into your life. And some people he doesn't allow to come into your life. Right, absolutely. And the course absolutely. that you take is, is the main thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's why I say that people should not be running away from pain. They should run toward the pain because the pain is where, for stubborn people, where you can cry out to God. Because some people are real stubborn when it comes to developing this relationship with God. Yes, sir. God had a conversation with Job telling, telling him what was going on in the beginning. Yeah. And he told Job that uh, um, if he endures, uh, you know, that he'll get, you know, that if he endures, that he's going to be going through, you know, uh, yeah. a bunch of turmoil. And it wasn't just what ended up happening uh, with, with Satan uh, watching um, had a conversation with God that he could break them, and he couldn't. Right. And uh, and so uh, I think so, most people know that story. They just didn't. A lot of people don't realize that God was allowing that happen. And plus, God knew Job wasn't going to. Satan couldn't break Job anyway because his faith was strong in God. He did it. He did it so that that to show Satan that that somebody can believe in me. Also, the watchers, the angels were watching to prove, to show them uh, what a weak man with faith can do. And also, throughout history, it was a blessing because every man afterward could look upon Job with, uh, with respect because he didn't crack. Yeah, absolutely. Good question, man. In closing, but, the, but the, some people are not as strong as Job. Um, some people um, are, are breakable. But yet why God, is that? God, allows, God allows things to happen to them that, that uh, I wouldn't say break them totally, but uh, cause them to fall. And I guess, I guess at that point the cry begins, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Some people are really, really stubborn. They have a major ego going on. Absolutely. I have questions. Any other questions? Yes, sir. I just wanted to comment on the Job thing, if I may. Um, I took a whole different lesson from Job in that in that day of Job, if bad things happened to you, it's because you're evil. If good things happened to you, it's because you were good. And God wanted to show that that's not the case because he challenged Job at the end, you know, before he um, restored him and all his property doubled and his, you know, wife. He challenged him, you know, were you with me, you know, in the, in the uh, creation of the earth? Could you explain how the, you know, the sun, the moon, the stars are put up? And posed him questions like that. And he said, you know, gird yourself and answer my question. Stand up like a man. And so then afterwards he said, Job is my, is my, uh, is my servant. And you guys, who are supposed to be his friends, I'm going to have Job pray for you and uh, so that you don't get harmed for how badly you treated him. Yeah. Because it's not just about only bad things happen to bad people and good things happen to good people. Yeah. Um, 
one thing I realized about Christianity, the teaching of Christianity, it's not Christianity itself, is that we have, we have been taught the Bible and we have been taught about Christianity and we heard the preaching of it, but we have not been taught how to live it. You know, we've been taught we should pray, but that's, you know, we have been taught how to live it. And as a result, a lot of people have guilt about their sins and mistakes in life because the way that we have been taught also makes us feel guilty if we can't do what we've been taught to do. Have you noticed that? Like, if, if they say, oh, don't sin, right? And, and so all your life you try not to sin, and then when you do sin, you feel guilty about sinning, but they didn't tell you how not to sin. They say, oh, don't sin, but they don't tell you how not to sin. And so a lot of people end up sinning, and then they feel guilty about sinning, and then they're just in trouble. You know, they, they want to give up on God and all that kind of stuff. We have not been taught how to live it. We've just been taught about it. And you ask, well, how do I do this? They say, well, just pray. And that doesn't work either, just praying. And so hopefully we can start learning how to take those steps since we are building a solid foundation. This is the uh, sixth month of the year, right? Is that right? This is June 1st. Um, You've been here pretty much since the beginning of the year, right? Hold on for a minute with the mic. Hold on for a minute. I wasn't here, well, nearly for two months. I was not here. Right. And this is June 1st, six months. The sixth month of the year. Uh, is your foundation being made solid? Uh, I don't know how to answer. You know, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> I, I don't know how to answer, really. You know, okay. I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, you asked me the question, and uh, uh, at this very moment, nothing comes to mind. All right. How about for you? You've been here for a while. Your foundation being made solid so far? Yeah, it is. It is actually getting better. And how do you know? Um, well, I'm just more aware of the fight that's going on that I have nothing to do with. Oh, okay. You know, between the conscience and the thoughts, how one side seems to win and then the other side seems to come back, and it's a back-and-forth thing, and I, I, have, I don't seem to have any power to cause one side or the other to just take over, you know, to win and just stay... Like, in other words, to stay conscious all the time. I don't seem to have that power to make myself do that. Okay. And I just watch, the, watch it go back and forth. And I'm asking these questions because I want to just kind of get a feeling of where you guys are at this point. Let me go right here. Your foundation's been built. Made solid. Yes, uh, yes and no. But mostly, yes and no. Mostly no, because I... I think I know what the foundation is, but then when I apply, that doesn't work. It doesn't stay. <laughs> you think you know what it is, but when you apply, it doesn't stay? No. What, what do you mean by that? Give me an example. Because, well, I mean, you'd say a foundation is um, being stable and knowing what you should do, right. but then day comes. Go, oh, I don't know what I should do, and lose track of the of the way I should go. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we're gonna keep trying for the rest of the year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the guy in the back. What is mercy? No. What is grace? You heard that God's grace is sufficient for us. You heard that, right? Yeah, I know the word. I know the words of the definition from. Uh... Uh, from somewhere I read it, unmerited favor, you know that you didn't, you didn't, um, you didn't uh, earn some favor, somebody in authority that you didn't earn, like grace. You know they have the authority over you, so you, they're giving you uh, something that you didn't earn, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ryan, what is grace? Uh, it helps me <clears throat> to. It frees me. It helps me to. It frees me from my addictions and from my sin. What do you mean by that? Well, knowing that God is going to 
uh, and Jesus have come down for my sins and knowing that I am a sinner um, right. it helps free me from those addictions I, I've been you know feeling freer and freer from these addictions you know worldly addictions and uh, and that's grace giving it to me for free if I accept it no grace is knowing that God has freed you freed you from your sins right He's, uh, and, and is accepting me uh, have you ever thought about that word grace before yeah okay uh, yes I like to take a stab at it <laughs> grace is the absence of the spirit of vengeance in you so no matter what other people do you don't really ever look to get back at them do you have that for others I like to have it but no it, it, it doesn't it, it um, I don't have it no you don't no what is grace Patrick Who dressed you this morning? I, you know, I sometimes dress myself. <laughs> I asked Patrick that earlier this morning. I said, who dressed you? And he was like, oh, I did. You like it? But I walked away. <laughs> and I knew he was going to start wondering, what is wrong with this, you know? <laughs> I said, weren't we just having a conversation? Yeah. <laughs> now there's only one person left. <laughs> I, I knew it would have an effect, so I just said, well, who dressed you? And walked away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go ahead. What is grace? I don't know. It, it just imp- it, it implies that God has mercy on us. That's, that's the implication it makes to me, that there's a mercy in there that, that covers uh, our sin, you know, our bad actions. That, uh. that grace implies that we're not going to be treated exactly as what we did. We're not going to have the book thrown at us by God. Uh, That's what I get. Do you ever think about God's grace? Yeah. You do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find it so interesting how we don't really know some of these things. Yeah. And it's because the teaching of Christianity hasn't really revealed too much to us. And I love Christianity. I think it's the right way to go. It's the thing to do. It's just that now that I'm a little lightweight teacher of it, I think, um, I, and I talk to a lot of people, I realize a lot of Christians, and even myself, I'm understanding too, we really don't know. It didn't, teach, it didn't help us. I mean, it may have stabilized us for a minute to keep us from going, you know, being in prison right now. But a lot of the guilt and stuff that a lot of Christians have or has is coming from the teaching of Christianity. Because we learn about it, and then intellectually we base our actions on it. And if our action doesn't go with what we've been taught, or the Bible said, now we feel guilty. You know, we want to kill ourselves. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. Isn't that something? I don't think the teaching itself works, nor is it designed to work as the way that we take it in. I don't think it's designed to work that way because uh, God and how he operates in you is a force. It's not a word. It's a thing that actually moves you. I realized that this morning. You know, uh, my life's been based on pressure. I think most people is is based on pressure. It is. Pressures me, I do something or whatever. Yeah. And um, I come to to be aware that there's a, a different force in there that comes from God that is a counteracting pressure that if you don't have that you're just going to get rolled but there is something there that acts as, a, as a, its own pressure in other words it's putting out from the inside and affecting instead of being affected but most of my life I've been affected by the outside pressure Yeah, most people spend their life trying not to sin because all your life you hear don't sin if you sin you're going to hell <laughs> <laughs> and so you just try not to sin, and then when you sin, then you feel guilty about sinning, and now you want to jump off a bridge and end up in hell. But if you notice when Christ was on earth, he did not worry about not sinning. He knew that he shouldn't sin, but it wasn't like he was trying not to sin, because sin is a spiritual thing, 
and you can't control it. You cannot control it. And as soon as you realize it's not in your power not to sin, then you can stop sinning. But they never told us it wasn't in our power not to sin. There's an impression that you can make yourself not sin. And so we all try not to sin. Anybody ever tried not to sin? Yeah, see, everybody. And that's why the doctors are doing so well, because you've had to go there and get some medication with all this effort of not sin, (laughs) trying not to sin. And that's amazing to me. It's all spiritual, and of ourselves, we can do nothing. But they don't tell us that in Christian. Well, they say, sometimes they say you can't do anything, but they don't say how not to sin and the relationship you should have with it, how you should see it. And that's a big deal to me. The one thing I realized, because I have some more questions for you guys and ladies that I wrote down, but the one thing that I realized about grace because I've been hearing it all my life. God's grace is sufficient for me. And I hear it all the time. There are songs about grace and God's grace. But I've realized this week that God's grace is that we are like rotten and no good. Distrustworthy. You, can't, you cannot trust mankind, Period. Now, that doesn't mean you go out distrusting people, but just know man's heart is wicked. Human, human being hearts are wicked and cannot be trusted because we all come from sin and that we are really no good. But what I realized about God and his grace that I never realized before, in spite of that, he loves us. And he does not judge us for that. Isn't that something? He knows that we are no good. He knows that we're gonna make, we can make a promise today like, oh, Lord, please save me from this trouble, and I will never sin again. You get me out of this situation, and I will never do it again. He knows we're lying. But yet, he'll get us out of the situation, and then we'll feel good, and then a couple of days, a week, a month, we are right back in that same situation. Anybody ever notice that? And you say, oh, my God, I made a promise to God I wasn't going to do this anymore. And you know you lie. You know you lie when you're saying it. It's just it's so painful you want to get over it. <laughs> but in spite of that, God doesn't let us destroy ourselves because he is not judging us on it. His grace is, is all love and mercy and good. And he wants us to treat each other the same way. He wants us to see each other the same way. I don't care how rotten you find out that a person is or whatever the issue may be. If we can just love them without judging them through it, then we become an expression of him. But because we're in this fallen state and live in a world that's controlled by Satan and we've not been born again, we judge everything and everybody. But he doesn't do that to us at all. Isn't that amazing? And he knows that we are no good. He knows what we are going to do tomorrow, and he knows that it's not going to be good. <laughs> yeah. But yet, he keeps us going. He just keeps us afloat, keeps us going, keep reaching out to us to try to help us. And what do we do to each other? Stab each other in the back, talk about each other, judge each other, uh, and just whatever. No mercy at all. All in the name of Jesus. And then we'll lift our hands up. Oh, God's grace is sufficient for me. But he wants us to be like him, his son. Let him work through us to love one another. And if you can do that, life is ready for you. That's for sure. Did I see your hand? Okay. I want to give an example. I, uh, 12 years ago, I was, I was an alcoholic, and I quit drinking. That was like when I was an atheist. <clears throat> but recently, I started drinking again. <gasps> you know. but, I, <laughs> but as I was reading the Bible and reading about wine and drinking, I saw in there, don't get drunk. Right. It says repeatedly, don't get oh, drunk. Oh, you drink wine now? Yeah. And I, I, was, I used to drink wine back then. I love, yeah. I get drunk on wine all the time. Yeah. I mean, 12 years ago. Um, but then I realized 
as with the grace of God, I have such filled joy with Christ in, in me and in, in salvation and and love. And I just think about God and I'm happy as all hell. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just thrilled about it. And I realized that the, the wine would never control me again. Yes. I just realized it. And I love the taste of wine. And so I've been drinking now for four months, four or five months, and I'm, I've never been drunk. I have no desire. I've been, well, I got drunk once and I'm like, ooh, I don't like this. It was just <laughs> empty stomach. Yeah. But I, I don't, it doesn't control me anymore. I'm filled with Jesus. I'm filled with joy. I don't want to get drunk. I don't want any of that addiction. Right on. So, because when they, in AA, they tell you don't get drunk. You can never have another drink because you're always an alcoholic. That's because you're always empty. That's right. And I'm not, I, don't, yeah. I don't feel empty. I'm full of the Lord. I'm full of joy. I think it's horrible that AA tell the people to always confess that I'm an alcoholic. 20 years have gone by. My name is Jesse, and I'm an alcoholic. We're supposed to overcome all things. You know, and God made that possible for us to overcome all things. Did you have your hand, Patrick? I did. Okay. It goes with what you were saying, but I realized that God's love and what he's doing in us has nothing to do with what we do or don't do. That's for sure. It, it, has, it, 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 it can guide us in what we're doing, but it has nothing to do with our own work yeah. or whether they're good or bad or whatever they are. He just, to me, it's just like a spigot that's always on. And, I mean, you can receive it or not, but he's always giving the love out. He's not, like, yeah. deciding, okay, today I'm not going to love you because you sin. So I'm going to hold it back. You know, like, some people will hold back love from you. Yeah. But he's just, like, on all the time. Now, there could be some time where he removes the Holy Spirit or something that's different. But my understanding is that he's, it's on constantly. It's not, it's not an either or, or or conditional in any way. And in that way, it is unconditional because it's always on. If you want to know God's grace, you need to reflect on your life and really think about the type of person that you are and what he's brought you through. Then you can appreciate his grace. You really can appreciate it then. It's amazing. Um, what are you looking for in life? Me? Yes. Super personal, but I'll, I'll try to answer it. And I, I know exactly what I'm looking for. Uh, something that um, pulls all of the. Uh, let me see how I can say it. Pulls all of my. Gives me something to die for. You know, get in which would reunite all of unite every all of the things in my life that are important. So you're looking for something in life that would give you a reason to die. That would for. make me happy to die for. Oh. And I believe that will unite everything that's important to me that don't seem to go together. I think that's, I know that, that makes any sense, but that's, that's basically where I'm at. Okay. I think that makes so you're sense. looking for a cause in life that you're willing to die for? It'll make me happy to die for. And that'll make you happy. Okay. What are you looking for in life? A lot of things. Like when I get major, a little louder for me. I want to get a uh, major. I want to uh, finish something. I want to uh, expand my family, stuff like that. Uh, okay, so those are the things that you're looking for in life. No, that's kind of like secondary. But the first <laughs> is like um, being able to pray, uh, meditate every day, <laughs> three times a day, which I'm. Um, Kind of like doing it's hard for you to pray every day? I do it twice a day, but the third one, yes. Oh, and why is that? Um, I don't know. You don't know? Yeah, I do it sometimes, but it's not consistent. Oh, okay. All right. Um, are you praying every day now? I know in the, in the ladies' meetings, yeah. Hold on one minute here. Yes, but in the morning. Yes, but. Well, still it's the same thing. I'll pray every morning, but then nighttime comes and I find myself sleeping and then I'm awake. <laughs> you are so stubborn. Stubborn. I mean, just so hard-headed. I, I'm, you know, I see that and I sit down. I'll come in the house and I go, oh, you got to pray. 
And then, you know, the time goes by, oh, you got to pray. And the next thing you know, it's like, oh, I'm tired. <laughs> okay, suffer and die. I'm suffering. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. What are you looking for in life? What am I looking for? Yes. Just, um, well, I'd like to be a, a nice, well, I don't know what nice is, but I'd like to be a person that my family thinks is nice, but I don't know what that is because everybody, <laughs> no matter what you do, one person likes the other person doesn't. So you, you're looking, in life you're looking to be nice so your family will think that you're nice? Well, I, I, I have to look to be right because that I have to look for what I should look for, not for what other people are looking for. From, right, but right now me. you're looking to be nice so that your family will like you? Yes. Uh, they don't like you right now? Some do, some don't. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, have you given them a reason not to like you? Yeah, just that I am, the way I am. You're mean? I'm mean. I'm, I'm mean. I'm myself. I mean, whatever that is, whatever so I am. So you're mean. Comes through to, oh, you're, you're not right. So you're a mean person. <laughs> and why are you so mean? It's my... No wonder you my, ain't got no husband. It's my ungodly nature. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's my ungodly nature. Oh, okay. And so you're looking to be nice so your family members can like you and, and know that you're nice. Yes. All right. One thing about nice people, they are some of the worst people on earth. I, I don't think you want to be nice. I should be nice. I should just be my, my regular Yeah, some of the worst. I would not even trust a nice person about you. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice in his weakness. <laughs> well, well, I noticed that, yes, because when confronted with someone who says to me, well, if you change your ways, then you could be okay. Then I go, well, all right. I, but, I, I, but if you why? mean, though, you should change. It's not, nobody want to be around a mean person either. No, nobody wants to be around a mean person. I want to be the the person I should be. Oh, okay. And all right. That's what I want. To well, do. we're gonna help you. Thank you. I need help. Are you a nice person? I mean, what are you looking for in life? Hold on for the mic here in a minute. I'm glad to see you. By the way. Yeah. The baby came. Yeah. Yes. When? April 10th. Boy or girl? Boy. Really? Congrats. Real men make boys first. <laughs> What's his name? Langston. Wow. Nice name. Thank you. Uh, what are you looking for in life? Uh, a couple of things. Calmness, peace, serenity, happiness. I would like to leave a footprint, something like... Um, that people are going to always remember oh, something okay. that I can contribute to the world, or at least to, or even if it's through my kids to the world. That's what I want to. All right. That's what I want. We like to leave a footprint. How you like married? Like how long you been married now? We got married in December. It's yeah. June. December last year, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, and it's June now. Yeah. How's it going? It's going. <laughs> <laughs> we had a couple of bumps. Oh, you do? We, yeah, but we, we, we pushed through it. We persevered. Do you I think we did. Do you give your husband hell sometimes? I don't. I think he can. He only he can answer that. No, you would know. <laughs> I don't think I do. I think I'm an awesome wife. Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, well, congratulations to you guys. I can't wait to see the baby. Thank you. At the end here. Uh, what are you looking for in life? I just want completion. Completion? I want to feel complete at everything that I do. Um, that's really all I want is just completion. Oh, okay. I want to be complete. Do your wife give you hell sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you deal with it? Um, I just love her. I just love her. You just love her? Yeah. Well, uh, oh, good. You don't take it personally? Uh. Yes. Hey, I'm going to... See how yes. she's going to answer yes. about him. 
He takes it personally. And, uh, this is a full-time job like you told us at uh, premarital counseling. Yeah. This is a full-time job right here, and nobody said it was going to be like this golden, slippery road yeah. to paradise. But um, Well, you do realize she's not going to get better until she forgives her mother, right? That part right there. And that hasn't happened yet? No. 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 And Well, you got a lot of hell to go through, buddy. Yeah. I know, but not your mother. Yeah. And we're not allowed to hate anyone if we want to be free. I don't hate her. Resent. We're not allowed to resent anyone if we want to be totally free. And that way you won't give your husband hell. I'm trying. Why not? You're trying to forgive her? Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. It's, I, a, pro, it's a process. It's no, not, it's not. It's not something you can just do overnight. You wouldn't want your husband to resent you for the hell that you give him, right? No. You would want him to be patient with you to help you overcome it, right? Yeah. Your mother wants the same thing. And so if you can understand that's what you want and that you can't help yourself, it will help you to understand her, then you can just forgive her. And it doesn't mean you have to hang out with her or anything, but at least you won't carry her, her personality into your family life. But you're not going to be free until you forgive her. Okay. And, and it's, now that you're starting your own family like this, it's so important that you let that spirit go so you don't pass it on to your children. All right? You're right. Okay. <laughs> All right, one other question here. What are you looking... Let me go right here. Man, this time is going by fast. What are you looking for in life? To become perfect as my Father in heaven and perfect. Oh. Because well, I'm... Sorry a, to hear that one. Yes, because... No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm a terrible person. Because <laughs> I am a terrible person. I don't want to live like that. What's terrible about you? I'm, I'm a coward, I'm a liar, I'm a cheat, and basically lazy. Oh, maybe because you're black. <laughs> you just described a black person. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. You can't even play with the black folks no more. No, I'm just joking. All right. What do you look... Let me ask the camera guy. What, this should be interesting. About time you asked him something. Uh-huh. <laughs> what are you looking for in life? Ham sandwich and extra money on the check. Uh-huh. I guess I would say peace of mind. Peace of mind? Yeah. Oh, okay. And the reason I asked that question because I would talk to a group of people and I asked that question, and I realized that they don't know what they're looking for. They're looking for all the wrong things. They have no idea because Christianity, the teachers of Christianity did not tell us or teach us what we're looking for. And what we're looking for is we're looking for a way back to the Father. We want to return back to our Father. And once you return back to the Father, then everything else works out because we've been separated from him through sin. And that's why life is hell. And then you die, right? But we're really looking for the love of a father. We're looking for our way back to the father. Does it help to know that? Yeah. yeah. Because our ego tells us we're looking for all these other things that if we got them, we'll still have conflict and problems in our lives. We won't have peace. But if you know you're looking for your way back to the father... Now you have something that you can look forward to because you know what you're looking for. And we've all been separated by way of sin from the Father. And we need our Father's love because in his love is life itself and everything that we need in life. That's all that we're looking for, our way back home. Isn't that deep? Anybody disagree with that? Uh, right here. I agree with that and God's will is what I look for and I find I've had a lot of stubborn stuff that I want to do it made me so but when I finally gave that up and said okay God's will I then things started happening right but even the but wait until once you find once you reconnect with the father his will will be done because you're now back with your father and the love that he's given you causes you to do his will and it's been really you know Closer to my wife, closer to my children. 
uh, the work I'm doing, even the work I'm doing that I fail at is still enjoyable. Yeah. And then the work I'm struggling with is joyful. Like, it kind of right. doesn't really matter. It's like, yes or no. Or I just learned that orthodontist ripped me off $1,800, and I'm working to get that back, but I'm not angry. Right like, on. I'm just kind of like. Yeah. I'm telling you, once you get back to the Father, there's no more emptiness, there's no more uh, sadness, and all the kind of stuff you put up with being separated from the Father. But we need the Father's love. And one thing that I noticed is happening in the country today, liberal women are trying to learn how to be like men without the man. They're trying to have children without the husband. They're trying to have a life without the man. It's not going to work. It's not going to work because of that order of God. And if they can learn to love their earthly fathers and love men, then they can find their way back to God and find and get what they are looking for. And that's all we're looking for. We're missing the love of a father, the love of the father, the creator. And once we know that, it become a little easier to pray, and now we know what we're looking for. But I was never told growing up that I was looking for the love of a father. I remember as a kid, not being raised by my father, I wanted to be with him. I had that emptiness in me and desire to be with my father. And even as a kid, I knew I wanted my father. I didn't care. What, and no one told me that. I just knew I wanted my father. That was missing. So when I got this relationship with my dad, I felt completed. I did that loneliness went away because I was able to forgive and everything and all that loneliness and anger and insecurity and doubt went away from me because I reached connection with my father. The love of a father is what every human being is looking for. They want to go back to the father. And the thing about his grace, no matter how rotten we are, he'll take us back and love us as though we never left home. It'll be as though we never sin or anything because he's not holding anything against us. Satan holds things against us and makes us want to hurt ourselves. But that's what people are looking for. We're all looking for the love of a father. But in our fallen state, in our ego state, our ego tells us we're looking for things, people, places, and things. You know, like she said, I want to be nice so my family can love, like me. Even if your family likes you, you're still going to be unhappy. It's not going to fulfill that love of a father. Even if you die for whatever reason you want to die, you're still going to be unhappy. A cause, finding a cause that you would die for will not save your soul. It'll make your ego happy for a minute, but it will not make you a free person. We need the love of a father. That's what we're looking for. That's what's missing. I know uh, there's a kid in my school, and he loved his parents, father and mother, and you could just see it. It's so weird. I almost hate to mention it in that you can see the other kids who've been traumatized already, and you can see the difference in the ones that love their father and mother and the ones that have been traumatized by their parents. And it's so apparent to me that I almost don't want to see it because I feel like I'm not being fair to the other ones. And it just, the innocent is there because he loved his father and mother. And if we can stop hating our parents by forgiving them, then that'll come back to us too. It's right at hand. We just have to let go. We need to forgive so we can come back to the father. Isn't that something? Anybody disagree with that? All right. Did you have a question? I saw your hand. Um, no, um, a comment on what you're saying. Oh, let me just say this. I hear a lot of people say, oh, and a lot of folks said this the other day too. Oh, I'm looking for peace. I'm looking for happiness. I'm looking for, you know, joy. That's what the ego is telling you. You're looking for a way back home to the Father. And with him, all those things will be. Joy, peace, everything. All your needs will be met. All that will happen once you get back home to your father. Remember how the guy left home? Yes. And he thought it was better out there? Well, ego tell us things are better out there, but it's not. It's with the father when things are good. But anyway, go ahead, sir. 
No, it's just that uh, I, I've been seeing that lately more uh, clear in, in my life that, that you know, that, uh, I mean, uh, Christ says that, you know, those who put their hands to the plow and look back are not worthy of me. Those who love father, mother, uh, wife are not worth more than me are not worthy of me. Those who not, won't let go of their life uh, for my life, for, for me, are not worthy of me. It seems to me that that the reason we don't have that, or the reason I don't have that, is because there's still part of that ego, like you said, that's holding on to things. Yeah. I can see it, and I can, I can see it. I, I, I'm getting to see that more clear. Yeah. That 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 there's a stubbornness in me that doesn't want to go to the path of renunciation, so to speak, uh, uh, the the journey of not doing the things that that my ego wants to do and suffer the pain to come to the other side. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, so. The one thing we mentioned Job earlier, the one thing that Job had that we're missing is that he loved God along with nothing else. He loved God only. And that's what we want. We, unless you start loving God only, you're never going to be able to do this. He wants you to love him with nothing else, just him. And then everything shall be. You can't, you can't love God and love your wife, or you can't love God and love your husband. You can't love God and love your, your money, your things, your people, and your places. You have to love him alone. And then the love you have for him will work through you to love your wife, your husband, your kids, things. You have the right relationship with physical things in the world around you. But you cannot love anything else. When that was revealed to me, it blew my mind because... I thought I loved God only, but I didn't. Because any attachment you have with the friends, people, places, and things says that you love that more than you love God. And God, the Bible says he's a jealous God, meaning that he's not going to change his rule. You can pretend like you love him. It's not going to work. You've got to love God only with nothing else. That's like a tall order, huh? You know, because how do you love God Alone with nothing else in the way. Yes, ma'am. Why are you way back there, man? What are you doing all up in there? Because I was thinking um, we can't love anyway. Right. That's right. We human beings cannot love. A human being love will kill you. Everybody that's in love with each other and getting love from each other are dying. It's only God's love that gives life. Human beings have no love. And we've all been trying to love. I've been in love so many times, I don't know what to do with myself. Sitting by the dock of the bay because of love. <laughs> Did I see a hand? Oh, right here. Oh, I got to move a little faster. Yes. No, right there behind. I found the only way to... To love God, you got to be connected to God, right? And God tells us over and over to get up early in the morning and pray. Yes. And I, I noticed recently I wasn't really doing that. Get up, the sun's already up, things are going. Yeah. It's a whole different environment than if you actually get up before the sunrise. Yeah. And you can actually feel a connection with God if you do get up before the sunrise. If you don't, there is no connection. I realized I just kind of make it, trying to make something happen, or trying to, and nothing was there. So I, there's no way I can get love without, it's like having a phone and being connected, and you, if you disconnect it on the phone, you're not going to talk to the person on the other side. Yeah, um, and that brings me to this. Let me see, I wrote this down for you, too. He says that those who eat me will still be hungry, and those who drink me will still be thirsty. And what it's saying is that I will 100% attention need to be on God. We need to seek him. We need to pray. We need to uh, be prayer in a state of prayer 24 hours a day. We need to spend time alone so we can get to know him. We need that quiet time where we can know him. We need to read the scriptures a little bit so we can know him. Our focus needs to be on him because if we put our attention on him in that manner, he will help us to overcome. He will cause us to overcome our passions in life because we're all addicted to our passions in life. Have you noticed that? You love your little passions. 
And as long as you're addicted to your passions in life, whether it's hating somebody or loving somebody or loving your money, loving your job, loving your this and loving your that, you're never, ever going to hear, you're never going to be fully guided by the Holy Spirit. And, and there are two kinds of people. There are those who fully seek after the Father, and, and you can just see it in their life. They are guided by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, you know. And then there are those who are halfway seeking him. They seek him sometime, and God's grace is just kind of keeping them afloat. But they are not being taught by the Holy Spirit. They are not being guided by the Holy Spirit because they are still addicted to their passions in life. And that means that you're loving your passion more than you love God because you're not putting the amount of time in there to seek the Father. But we have that Holy Spirit, but you've got to let your passion go in order for life to start working, this life force to start working for us. You cannot be halfway doing it and think that you're going to get the fullness of what God is about. It's not going to work that way. And so many people are half-stepping when it comes to prayer, when it comes to being alone, when it comes to reading the scriptures, when it comes to prayer without ceasing all day long, they're not doing it because they're, in, they're involved in their passions. And then they're telling themselves, well, it's not, I'm not that involved, but you are. It's taking you away from seeking the Father. Yes, sir. I noticed a test for how much I'm connected with God is, is what my level of wisdom is. And I notice, you know, I notice different lacks in my wisdom. Yes. In other words, my own ability to see and do. And the more I connect, obviously, it, it connects me more with having a mind that, that can guide. Um, but it's really weird, because if you just ask yourself, you can tell. If you're really honest with yourself. You can tell whether you have wisdom or if you don't have it. Yes. Yeah. I was uh, counseling with a person the other day, and they were like just nutcase, just out of their mind, being driven by anger, and the stuff they were thinking and saying were not true. It was just a mess, right? And I realized, wow, this person is not guided by the Spirit of God. They're truly guided, about, guided by ego. And so I sat them down and just had a question and answer period. I'm like, look, just answer these questions only. Don't give me no anything else. Because my desire is for them to answer so they can see for themselves what the problem is. And they were able to see it. Because they didn't understand how much the ego or that they were involved in ego. Everything they do and thought and think is all ego. When you feel good, it's ego. When you feel bad, it's ego. When you have fear, it's ego. When you feel safe, it's ego. It's all ego. And most people don't realize that they're identifying with it. And I made this little final note to share with you guys. I said, we need to be delivered from the passions of evil through the spirit. We need full consciousness in order to be delivered. You need full consciousness. You need the mind of God in order to be delivered. That's the only thing that's going to deliver us to a point where we can finally live the spiritual life that the Father has created for us and Christ made possible. You got to have no relationship with your ego mind or your ego feelings. And most people are controlled by what they think and how they feel. And that's all ego. There's no love in it. There's no security in it. And feelings change like the wind. You can be all happy one moment, and then the next moment you can feel like life is over. And in, the, in that state of mind, Satan can convince you to kill yourself. Because it's all ego. You've got to be delivered from passions, your passions, your your relationship with the world, you got to be in it, but not of it. Meaning that get no identity from the world. None at all, only from God. Then you should be free. But you got to spend time with the Father to get that. You got to make some sacrifices to get that. It's, he's not going to change anything just because we think, you know, we want to halfway do it. 
you, you halfway do it, you're going to get halfway stuff. And what we're looking for, no human being can give it to us. There's not one person on earth that can give it to you. It's got to come from God, from within. And the weird thing about it, we already have it. It's already there. And I think Patrick touched on it earlier. It's just that we got to come in there and live from that. We already have it. Isn't that amazing? And so it's like we're suffering unnecessarily because we're stubborn in our ego. And in order to do this, you got to lay down a life in order to get it. You got to die, but you got to let yourself die. Your ego die, your pride. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this, John? It's interesting. Anything I need to clear up or make a little more clear for you? Do you get the point? Yes, I do. You, you get it? Yes. All right. Are you committed? No, not totally. Not totally? Why not? You're like one of those halfway people? Yes, I am. And why is that? Uh, well, some days uh, uh, I can see things real clearly. Uh, I can notice that uh, what I'm thinking, that uh, I'm unconscious, and I can watch those thoughts and come back to the presence. Right. And then some days I can't. Let me, let me give a final warning about something. I want to encourage you to resist the temptation of defining where you are today in life. Like he was saying, oh, I can see, right? And then if something goes wrong, I can't see. You can't define this. You have to just observe this. Do not let Satan define those kind of things for you. You really got to just live because as you start to wake up, you realize you really, even when you thought you could see, you were still blind. I'm telling you, it's mind-blowing. We don't know anything. And so, but we have a habit of, if the preachers say, be conscious and watch this and watch that, we'll go around saying, well, I'm conscious of that. Oh, but I wasn't conscious of that. You're still playing a role. The only thing that God wants us to do is to be aware. But we, we can't define spiritual things. In all honesty, there are no words to express the relationship that we have with God once we get it. Words mess it up. It confuses you about it because the intellect is constantly trying to work on you. But it's best to become an observer without any definition about where you are, where you're not, and all that kind of stuff, because we really don't know. That's still ego trying to play a game with you. That makes sense a little bit? Yes. I'm telling you, all thing we need to do is to observe and have no opinion about anything. No opinion about it. No opinion about yourself or about others. No opinion about where you are with God or you're not with him. Just observe and you shall know the truth. Is that something? Anybody disagree? I want some disagreement, folks. No. Okay. Well, I want to encourage you to, uh, you must forgive because the Bible says, and I know it to be true, in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven, you must forgive first. And if you don't forgive, because unforgiveness is the nature of Satan, you can meditate and pray out loud and do all that stuff until the cows come home. But if you don't forgive, it's all vanity. It's all vain. You must forgive because that spirit cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. It is the nature of Satan. And it will not, God's not going to let that in. So you must forgive and then you can start living. I appreciate you tuning in. We need your financial support. Uh, we need your donations. We have a private school and a lot of other stuff we're doing. And we need your support. So the information, the uh, mailing address is on the screen there. So be sure to support us. We, we do, uh, we provide counseling, individual and personal counseling, uh, family counseling and stuff like that. So whatever we can do to help. Also, we're taking uh, application for this coming September school, fall, school enrollment for boys and girls, grades 1 through 12. Boys and girls, 1 through 12. And we're only taking so many kids, X amount of kids, though. The class is starting to fill up. If you want to get involved or your kids to go to the school or someone else's kid, let us know. And we also provide financial support for those who cannot afford it.
Don't be lying and saying you cannot when you can. The Lord is watching. All right? Can we have people do that sometimes? They find out, oh, we, get, we can get finance for this? I don't have any money. That's not good. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you all for coming. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program, or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. Oh